space interplanetary radio enlightening the solar system Space. 
While you search, looking deep in your Rolodex, I flex, I tell the truth when I'm serious. You think I'm mysterious? Drop rapid minutes, become your problem like Dennis the Menace. Hold up your meetings, Poppy, let's get to the paparazzi. Unseen, heard of your magazine, got the nerve of a two-year-old crayon writing. Talking to y'all, I'm deciding. Communication leads one step to aggravation. I got my ears closed, back to booking my own shows. Level 789, Second Dimension. your two space traders Zed Nanida doing cool Keith lost in space we are definitely in space but not quite lost just a little disoriented because we left the moon in such a hurry by the way two space traders is a work of science fiction and any similarity between characters in this show and characters claiming to be real people must be purely coincidental mm -hmm. no that, nothing is real <laughs> in this holographic universe Sort of like in Strawberry Fields. We had to get away from the moon because the herds of snurds are getting on our nerves. Yeah, millions of snurds dumped on the moon by Silicami Valley spooks. They mostly just wander around the craters in herds, checking their phones. Snurds are the worst kind of phone zombies, the ones who have been totally programmed and brainwashed. They get all their information from Silicami Valley and it's all disinformation, which is why they're so clueless. Silicomi Valley also sends us their communications, so intelligent people can't get through to them. They are totally isolated and mind-controlled. Well, they're also idolaters. They all worship their phones. They kiss them and pet them and fondle them and suck on them. They all have Stockholm Syndrome. They love what enslaves them. Our listeners are probably wondering what a herd of snurds sounds like. Well, it sounds just like this.
Maybe those nerds are out there listening to that song you wrote about them. Hey, it's possible. There are one or two Silly Commie Valley outlets where you can still get this show as a podcast, but definitely not on Schmoogle. Some people think the song is called Snurds on Dust because the snurds are on angel dust animal tranquilizers, but actually they're on that dust from the chemtrails that makes them more compliant. And of course, they are all tap water two-pets. We are thinking about moving to the asteroids or one of the Jovian moons just to get away from all these nerds. Yeah, the moon is just too close to the Earth and their evil always slops over on us. The moon is becoming a bad neighborhood. Of course, the dark side was always dodgy at best, but now even the twilight belt is getting to be just too much like Earth. Pretty soon we'll have graffiti. We use flip phones at the lunar colony and don't allow 5G, but the snurts try to worm their way into your dwelling with their phones hidden on them so they can gather data for Schmuckburglar. They are still very loyal to their masters. Well, we don't allow smartphones in our dwellings and consider it extremely rude to want to come in with a live microphone and camera on you recording everything that goes on. Some people on Earth actually have these Alexa things that record everything you say and call the police on you if you raise your voice. Right, and smartphone is the same thing with voice recognition and facial recognition so that everything goes into your file along with all your calls, browsing, etc. unless you're intelligent enough to protect your privacy. The snurts are actually offended that you don't allow their beloved phones in your home. They accuse you of having something to hide and call you all kinds of nasty names. Yeah, they all say they have nothing to hide. <laughs> Everybody should have cameras and microphones recording everything they do or else they're just weird and highly suspicious. Why did Silicon Valley dump them on the moon anyway? Well, they have nothing to hide, so <laughs> the phone quickly got their logins and passwords to their bank accounts, the locations of the keys to their safe deposit boxes, the combinations to their safes, the locations of the spare keys hidden outside their homes, the dates of vacations when they wouldn't be home for days or weeks, etc., and sold all that data to anyone who wants it. The snurds get quickly robbed of everything they have and become homeless, but they blame this all on the Nazi supremacist, pedophobic, anti-vaxxer conspiracy theorists, because that's who Silicon Valley tells them to hate. The snurds aren't even needed to stuff ballot boxes anymore. They do that all electronically from overseas now, so they get dumped on the moon because there's no longer any use for them on Earth once they get sucked dry. Unless they want to run them for office or something. They are dumping these nerds all over the solar system now. And we happen to know that a number of planets are getting together commando teams to strike back at Silicon Valley. Yeah, Gil Bates, mm -hmm. Jock, Dorky, Blundar, the Spy and Schmuck Burglar are on many lists. Everyone is out to get them.
Yeah, everybody is sick of silly commie valley except for the herds of snurds. <laughs> we are non-violent on the moon, that's right. We don't fight unless we have to. Like when your landlord Mike Asshole sends a goon to your door to rough you up like happened to us on Earth. Then you have to keep that option open to open a can of whoop-ass on them. <laughs> or like during the years of the Clone Rebellion. Right, I had to decommission several dozen clones during that uprising. The clones had taken over the morgues and mortuaries and turned them into 
into fast food franchises. It was just totally out of control. You had to fight your doppelganger in that war, didn't you? Yeah, like in Twin Peaks. The Schmoogel spooks would follow you around until they could get some of your DNA and then they would clone you and send the clones to kill you and take your place. It's hard to blow some dude away that looks like a mirror image of your very self. So the clones tried to kill you and then impersonate you and take over your life? Yeah, that happens to a lot of people actually, like Paul McCartney. Even ordinary people wake up one day to a spouse that looks like the original one, but a lot of things aren't right with them. The clones do away with the original humans and then impersonate them. And they do a very bad job of it because their personalities are sketchy and fragmented. They're just cheap copies. But unfortunately, they usually get away with it. So the clones don't really duplicate your personality? No, Schmoogle just programs them with all the mouse clicks you've ever made your entire life because they think that that's all that anybody is. <laughs> It's a really stupid idea. They think they can duplicate you by recording every keystroke you ever made and programming some clone with all this. The clones aren't very good copies at all, but they try to replace you anyway and hope nobody notices. My clones were especially poor copies because I use a VPN on the modem as well as the privacy browser and I use NoScript to keep Google out of my life so they don't have much data on me like they do on most everybody else. So you had to fight your clone? Yeah, I had to kill oh. several of them. It was I oh. against I. That's when I started doing that massive attack and Moe's death song, I against I. It was so appropriate to clone fighting. I would play the song at the club at night and then go out the next day and burn down some fat-grown Zeds and some mutant rat dogs along with them. That's like some psychological symbolism of your battle with yourself. The struggle for self-mastery and all that. Yeah, so many people want to change the world when what they really need to do is change themselves. Destroying your clone is like killing your fake self so your real self can survive. Never fret the war till I'm come general. 
camera, we have to stock the map by a burn. Aya, aya, can stop. Flesh of my flesh, of mind of my mind. Two of a kind, but one won't survive. My images reflect in the enemy's eye, and his images reflect in mine at the same time. Aya, 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 can stop. Flesh of my flesh, of mind of my mind. Two of a kind, but one won't survive.
your version set of other artists' songs, this show. And now we will play your new recording of most Ellison's Monsters of the It. Would you like to introduce it? Well, it is related to this show. We did an episode about sci-fi movies a yeah. while back, and in it I mentioned that the phrase Monsters of the Id, which I thought was Monsters from the Id, mm -hmm. the, it comes from the movie Forbidden Planet, and there's a great song by that name recorded by Mose Allison that got me thinking about that song. I hadn't heard it in a long time and didn't have a copy of it, so I got it and became reacquainted with it. Now, Mose Allison wrote a lot of great songs, but that one stands above them all, and the recording itself was different than anything else he had done. The vocal was accompanied mainly by a lot of dissonant horns, and the whole thing comes off as pretty avant-garde. I wouldn't have been able to learn the song from his version, and I couldn't find sheet music for it anywhere on the internet. But I found a recording by his daughter, Amy Allison, that she sang with Elvis Costello, where you can hear a jazz combo behind them, and I could cop the changes from that. Now, my version is a lot different than anybody else's, though. It would probably be described as trip-hop, although I also call it a space blues, especially since the theme of the song is outer space sci-fi of a very high order. What are the monsters of the id? Well, in the movie, some space cadets from Earth are sent to investigate a colony on some planet of the star Altair, where all but two of the colonists have been wiped out by something mysterious. They discover a scientist and his daughter who just want them to go away. Then they start getting killed by some invisible monster. They discover that the aliens who previously inhabited that planet had developed a technology that instantly materialized any thought, called Krell science, but hadn't counted on the fact that ideas from the dark, primitive, unconscious part of their minds were also being materialized. The monsters of the id. That's what had destroyed the previous civilization, the Krell. Now, it was monsters created by the brilliant scientist colonist who thought he was so much more enlightened and intelligent than everybody else that had destroyed the previous colony and was now killing the starship crew. Because underneath that facade of civilization and rationality, this scientist called Dr. Morbius was a savage, jealous, hateful, domineering monster. So it is a very sophisticated psychological premise the movie is based on. However, what I love about the song is that it's a beautiful example of dark humor, as well as being very well composed in both the lyrics and the music. Mose runs with this theme. It's a real horror show of weird creatures, but he approaches it with such wit and amusement that he really turns it around, makes it something to laugh at rather than something to run screaming from while pulling your hair out. And that is what is most cool about this song, in my opinion. However, there is also the aspect that it is a very prophetic song, like Strange Days by The Doors, and I'm attracted to these kinds of songs. A line like, uh, what is it? Creatures of the Swamp rewrite their own mind comp 
Well, that's more true today than it ever was, and he wrote that 50 years ago. So, here's the premiere of Zed Misa's version of Most Edison's Monsters of the Id. Stay in here, and carry 
okay in relation to that last song in our lunar religion of snarkism, the cultivation of dark humor is considered to be necessary for survival. Otherwise, you may wind up doing the old Hamlet soliloquy of to be or not to be, if you catch my drift. We snarkists are determined to live in depressing reality while staying positive and happy. Some people leave this world with a cosmic giggle on their lips. We remain happy people because we have each other. And I know where we are now. We're heading for the sun in the vicinity of Venus. I wish we had time to visit some people in the cloud cities of Venus. We haven't been there in so long. Yeah, the plants need watering ah. back home. We yeah. can't stay gone that long. Well, I miss that old Venusian gang that used to follow us around on tour in the asteroids and the Jovian moons when I was playing with the Bolshevik shysters. Venusians always got your back in any sticky situation. Yeah, Venusian saucer maidens pulled me out of a really nasty saucer crash once. We should really get into telling the stories to all these space adventures at some point. Hey, we'll do that. Yeah. Girl. 
Get it on Bandcamp. And check the cool video oh, yeah. for that song on my Z-Zone page on YouTube.app. You can write us at two space traders at posteo.de for playlists or to find out where you can hear us on internet radio. These days, most of our shows are not uploaded to the internet, so to hear us every week, you need to tune into one of the stations that carries the show around 10 or 11 p.m. German time. So, just looking out the window here, I'm seeing a lot of space traffic leaving the Earth. It must be because of the ban on live music. Music is one of the few reasons to even visit the Earth in the first place. It is one of the few things produced on the Earth considered to be of any value in the solar system. Nobody wants their crummy smartphones or their internal combustion vehicles or their medical products, that's for sure. Or their crummy computer operating <laughs> systems with all the back doors in it. Yeah, having no music makes a planet a third-rate dump. Things really suck on the Earth since the pseudo-humanoids took over. They're totally soulless and are terraforming the place for reptilians and replicants. You don't dare listen to the news there or you will get so depressed you'll be sucking on a gun. <laughs> which is what the pseudo-humanoids want because they're culling the population, at least in our sci-fi scenario. <clears throat> the true humans that are fit and smart would emigrate to a space colony. That's what we did, honest. I used to be a flight attendant on transdimensional transport. Everybody was getting away from Earth. Well, I think we need to get a lot farther away. Yeah. Adios, motherfucker. Adios, motherfucker. Adios, motherfucker.
has been plundered while sleepwalk sheeple slumbered. This planet has been ripped, and now we must escape. While all the former queens enslave every two machines. And all the fools and dupes brought in the toxic soup.
Westbourne Three. The Chemtrail Skies. And Microwaves. The Force Injection. Cradle to Grave. The Population. Beyond the Warp Fractal Mix. Get it at Two Space Chasers Bandcamp, where you can also get Interplanetary Dating 2027. Up next, Biz Speta Alligator. Motherfucker. Interplanetary Dating. Yeah. This is your beamship pilot from a distant planet zone with a message for you nerds and nerdettes sitting home alone. Are you so brainy that the bimbos and the jocks all hate you? Well, we've got sexy aliens who just can't wait to date you. Sorry, nerd. No car, no date. Bye. I wasn't interested anyway. Sure you were. You losers all want me. (laughs) 
Military Dating Agency. They hooked me up with a beautiful, brilliant Venetian chick who picked me up in her saucer. We visited the rings of Saturn on our first date. Wow! What are those books you're reading? The Metaphysics of Virtual Reality, Special Topics in Calamity Physics, and My Secret Garden. I want to have mind sex with you right now. Yeah, baby! 